This is Lincoln A to Z. Lincoln A to Z. Lincoln A to Z. We've chosen 52 squares at random from the Lincoln A to Z street map. E and And now we have to go to all 52 and make a programme about each and every one. Lincoln A to Lincoln Z. Lincoln A to Z. Each week we'll be setting off on our trusty bikes to find a different grid. Lincoln A to Z. We could find ourselves in a leafy residential area, a bustling city street, or a completely empty field. We'll present our findings every week here on Siren FM as we uncover Lincoln one grid at a time. Lincoln A to Z. 52 grids, two men, one map, no clue. Yeah, that's right. You're listening to Lincoln A to Z here on Siren FM. I'm Paul Tyler, and the other side of the desk, the man that didn't take any hints from uh, my begging and pleading to bring some biscuits in this week, it's Johnny Hoare. Oh, I knew there was something I forgot. Okay. Uh, never mind, never mind. Next Hi. week. Okay, okay. Is that a promise? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> okay, Johnny. Okay, so let us know, please let us know, what grid we're visiting in this episode. Uh, my name's Anthony Kafferke. I produce No Adults Allowed. I've lived in Lincoln for about 20 years and I think it's quite boring. L5. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. L5. That's right, L5. Uh, Johnny and I, uh, what we do is uh, we, we invited Joe Public to uh, to randomly select 52 grids uh, chopped up from our, our copy of the Lincoln A to Z street map. And uh, L5 got drawn out, which takes us where, Johnny Hall? That takes us to uh, Ermine West, and in particular the area around the, the junction of Queen Elizabeth Road and Burton Road, and of course the, the bridge over the bypass, the new road. Okay, now uh, via social media this week, uh, we did get uh, some contacts on this. We'll be reading those out later. Uh, and if you've got any news or opinions, have a look at our great website. Uh, but you can email us, Lincoln A to Z at sirenonline.co.uk. Uh, of course, you can find us on Facebook and we're on Twitter. Hashtag Lincoln A to Z. And then, of course, there's our website. Lincoln A to Z dot co dot UK. Okay, now time to uh, go and explore that grid now, and our visit to L5 uh, on Ermine West uh, sees me reminiscing about one of the best jobs I ever had. An immediate stroll around uh, our L5 grid uh, tells us uh, this is an area of Lincoln that neither of us uh, are familiar with, the Ermine. I did, uh, I did a lot of leafleting around here in 1996. I worked for a company that laid diamond cable, as it was back then, cable TV. Uh, and I had to walk all this area twice over uh, to let everyone know we were going to come and make a mess of their streets. Uh, and a mess we did make. Uh, we're just in the, in the shadows uh, of the tower block on the Ermine. And uh, I think, uh, as with previous grids, Johnny and I are quite curious uh, as, to, as to wanting to go inside a tower block and that kind of thing. But um, in, in a way, I'm quite pleased uh, that we haven't got it in the grid because I think it'd just be middle class uh, snobbery and <laughs> looking around and, and posing about what what's the attraction for you Johnny? Well years ago my I think my dad brought me to this one actually and I bet you can't now but at the time you could just walk straight in go right up the stairs out of a door up on the roof and you had the most spectacular view of Lincoln and there was there was no locked doors there was nothing to stop you from doing it um, and I remember being a bit scared and being a bit having a, a bit of kind of vertigo feeling like the whole tower was swaying underneath me but it was it was worth it for the spectacular view of Lincoln I got up there um, but as I say I, I bet it's all locked up now 
so just near Queen Mary Road, just on on the edge of our grid, uh, is a place that someone got in touch with us uh, via our Facebook uh, account, uh, Lincoln A to Z on Facebook. Have a look for us. Uh, and Carla said that her dad uh, used to call this area Tin Town, and there's lots of, sort of prefabricated bungalows uh, just around us. And uh, you can you can see that they've been done up uh, over the last few years, nicer roofs put on. Uh, but I do remember back when I was doing that leafleting that you know it did look peculiar, and it did look like you know these were just uh, tin sheds uh, put up, and they, they were put up I think uh, post-war. Uh, obviously in a rush but for, from what I remember that, that them being and you can still see a few of the, of the tin shapes uh, or the metal shapes around the edges of the building but uh, uh, they've been uh, they've been taken over I bet you'd prefer to see uh, the, the tin shapes look at that on the side of that building there you prefer that rather than some of the prefab things we're looking at wouldn't you I'd, I'd prefer it to have been left in its original state, yeah, because I think, as you say, it's, it says something about the history of the area, that these were put up in a hurry after the war when there was a massive housing shortage, you know, bombing had destroyed thousands of houses. Uh, and so they bought these things in pre-made and put them up in, in days. And uh, I, th- I think, as I say, being able to see the metalwork reminds you of, of that. And, yeah, I, it looks a little bit twee when they kind of put brickwork around it and try and make them look like regular houses. I don't really see the point. Why not just show what they are? OK, well, you can show what they are, but could you imagine living inside a metal house is going to be boiling out in summer it's going to be freezing in winter and when it rains you're not going to be able to move for the for the noise and the sound of it if you had to live inside that every day it'd drive you mad wouldn't it i suppose it would yeah no i see the point yeah getting bricked up (laughs) exactly exactly we need uh, we need practicality over aesthetics i think the uh the houses around here were built in in the 1950s and the estate as a whole east and west uh, houses around about 6,000 people and uh, regular listeners will know that that's not the kind of facts I know I don't know these kind of things uh, but I have found uh, a fantastic website made by the uh, the Castle Academy uh, up on Yarborough Road uh, called the Ermine Community website uh, and it's absolutely fabulous they've really really done a good job on it uh, and we'll put a link on that from our L5 grid and uh, so a link on our Facebook page as well um, so if you live in, in, in Ermine uh, or, or even you know want to know more about it uh, do do go do click on that link and, uh, and visit the website so we're now on, uh, on on Queen Mary Road and uh, right in the middle of, uh, of Ermine West it looks as if there's a new area for development uh, Johnny and I both like the style of the 1950s uh, houses we see around here you know they're practical houses but with nice gardens front and back gardens uh, and plenty of space it looks like uh, and now we look over at new sort of three-story houses you know upside down houses and things like that that are being built and uh, you, you just know that they're not going to have the practicality functions that third bedroom uh, or even sometimes the case the second bedroom is always going to be too small anything bigger than a toddler uh, is going to struggle in it uh, now i'm about to pass the microphone to johnny put it in front of his face and see if he can say something positive uh, about looking at those new houses um there you go that's uh <laughs> We, we knew it was going to happen. Uh, I've, I've pulled the microphone away before he got started on, uh, on plastic windows. The scale of this area is, again, it's, it's not an area I come to very much, and it surprises me just how many houses, how many thousands of people are living in these streets. And the, the whole area, pretty much, aside from those new houses we've just seen, was built, I guess, in the 50s and 60s. And it makes you realise just how much Lincoln expanded at that time. You know, we were in Birchwood a few weeks back, and, and that, again, was is a huge housing estate from a similar kind of period, 60s, maybe some of that was more 70s. But in that 30, 40-year period, from the 50s to the 80s, Lincoln grew an enormous amount uh, so there we go that's uh, johnny and i's first part of our visit to our l5 grid uh, on the ermine west and i think it has to be said we were we were a little charmed by that weren't we johnny yeah i mean yet again going to this estate and um, um, i can't 
I've lost count of how many times we've been told this. When we're going somewhere, people saying, oh, it's a bit rough there. You know, people say it about Birchwood. They seem to say it about pretty much anywhere in Lincoln. Yeah. And yet again, I thought it was fine. I thought it was nice. You know, well-kept gardens, mm-hmm. nice little houses. Yeah, I mean, we can put it into context. I suppose we were there early on a Sunday morning. We were. And, and there's not a lot of uh, chances for, <laughs> uh, for, for for ruffians or any <laughs> ruffians. No, getting no. I mean, the 19th. Um, but it, so that, that puts it into context a, a little bit, you know, uh, maybe maybe our listeners can can tell us, you know, what it's really like to live there. Um, but there's also a, a bit more coming up uh, about that subject uh, with, uh, with an interview we did with uh, Father Stephen Hoy. A priest uh, from the area uh, who knows the community well. That'll be coming up uh, later on in the program. Lincoln A to Z. Now, in uh, in each episode of Lincoln A to Z, as well as Johnny and I nosing about the place and speaking to the natives, we're lucky enough to have Joe Hughes from the Lincolnshire Archive to describe the history of the grid. This grid square covers a relatively modern housing estate built by Lincoln City Corporation after the war. But as with so many seemingly modern residential areas. Some shadows of the old field boundaries and tracks still exist in the layout, something which often only old maps can reveal. Before being turned to housing, this area would for centuries have been agricultural land, watered by the freshwater springs which would have bubbled up under the edge hereabouts. The strong western winds coming in from the Trent Valley and sweeping up the cliffside would have made a great spot for early windmills. We know that further down in the city there used to be a row of windmills which made the most of these winds. Only Ellis Mill remains. Burton Road is one of the arterial roads out of North Lincoln may have formed the continuation of an earlier cliff-edged trackway which has been dubbed the Jurassic Way. Just like the cliff villages to the south of Lincoln, this route out of the city follows the spring line and the villages which clustered around it. The invading Romans, however, with their efficiency and desire for the fastest communications, left this older, more winding route to plough their road, Ermine Street, Arrow Strait, unhampered by the local settlements, on their marches from Londinium to Lingdom Coloniae, and north to cross the Trent at Littleborough, or the Humber, en route for Eberarkham, or York as we call it. The Romans were hereabouts, though. Some Roman potsherds have been found in the vicinity of Burton Road, and in another grid square we discover a Roman villa a little to the north of here. Now it's us who, like the Romans, in our desire for the fastest route from A to B, but also to ease congestion in the city, it's us who've ploughed a great road through the north of this grid square, in the form of the bypass. There we go. Our thanks, as always, to Joe Hughes from the Lincolnshire Archives. And now, in visiting these grids, we uh, we perhaps surmise the feel of, of what they contain. And were I John Motson, I might describe L5 as a grid of two halves. Just out uh, out now from the Ermine Estate and onto, onto Burton Road, uh, which you, you dramatically get a, a change in, in scenery it has to be said you know very uh, uh, plush surroundings daffodils growing by the side of the road well it's that time of year uh, but the houses do change uh, immediately and you, you get the, the feeling of a little bit of wealth yeah just coming round the corner from the ermine area where you've got rows and rows of identical houses you come round here onto Burton Road and it's the exact opposite every single house is different every house is individual and they're a lot bigger as well you know you've got a lot of masonettes and small flats on, on the ermine and you come round this corner here and these these must be like five six bedroom houses some of these they're huge uh, and probably several hundred thousand pounds so it's quite a, a contrast again Lincoln the city of contrast you know we've got again the contrast in property um, and Burton Road itself is quite an interesting uh, road because we're out here now and you're almost kind of in the countryside there's a lot of trees and greenery 
But of course, this road continues right the way into the very centre of the city, ending at, the, at Lincoln Castle. And you've got all the shops and things further down and terraced houses. So it's a, the road itself just changes completely in character from, from the centre to, to out here. Something that's bringing, bringing our mood down a little bit is, uh, is there's a missing bunny, Nutmeg. Have you seen this rabbit? This is tied to a lamppost. Have you seen this rabbit? She's greatly missed. And seeing that just sort of always makes your heart sink a little bit. You know, there's someone who, who perhaps can't get to sleep a bit at night because they've lost, uh, they've, they've lost their pet. And uh, it's just... Uh, oh... Oh dear, <laughs> I feel I feel I feel a bit a bit choked up, and I don't want to make light of it as well because I, I hate seeing that kind of thing. Oh no! Now <laughs> this is uh, this is getting to my heartstrings. Now uh, walking past here, another lamppost, and this one's got a, a dog waste bin on it. But on top of that dog bin is uh, a, a small child's teddy, just no bigger than the palm of your hand. This teddy, you know, obviously uh, much of it's pink, so let's say it's a, it's a girl's teddy. And uh, another thing, I really can't, you know, I, this, the lampposts down this street are, are completely tugging at my heartstrings uh, with missing bunnies and, uh, and, and lost teddies. Let's hope, uh, I mean, we're looking for an object, aren't we? But under no circumstances could we, could we take that away. Uh, someone's going to come back and they're going to reline the route they've walked uh, which I remember doing <laughs> for, for, for my children, uh, looking for a missing blanket. A blanket? How do you lose a blanket? Anyway, we did, uh, and I went all the way down the high street trying to find it. Um, I, I never did. Uh, but hopefully someone's going to come back uh, on, on, on the route they took and, uh, and be reunited uh, with their little teddy bear. Uh, incidentally, on, on that topic, I've lost my childhood teddy bear recently. I've been, I've been searching everywhere and I can't find it. My full name is Jonathan Lee Hoare, and my teddy with amazing uh, creativity it was called Teddy Lee Hall and I just can't find him so if anyone sees a little white bear with green dungarees around Lincoln then please call the studio immediately because I want Teddy Lee Hall back oh no this is uh, we're tugging at the heartstrings here Johnny, I don't know what to say to you because I know I mean I know exactly where mine is. <laughs> uh, my my panda uh, is, uh, is 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 tucked away in the bottom drawer, and uh, it's surprising how. I mean, this is why Toy Story works so well, isn't it? Because you know, it's surprising how much you uh, you know uh, you, you put into these stuffed animals. <laughs> this is uh, this is the sound of a of a couple of well men in the late thirties having having quite an emotional breakdown. Uh, Johnny's missing his teddy, um, and I'm getting upset by things I'm seeing on lampposts. So there we go, 07797 uh, You can text the studio uh, if, you've, uh, if you've seen uh, Johnny's uh, Teddy Lee Hall. Uh, still not showing up, has it, Johnny? He hasn't. No, no, call's gone out on Interpol, but no luck yet. No? Okay, well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll stay, stay tuned. You can, you can email the studio at sirenonline.co.uk. Uh, you know, please keep your eyes open on top of, uh, well, it seems to be the thing to do on lampposts and waste, waste bins, doesn't it? Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. A question of Lincoln. The sound of of Lincoln Cathedral bells, which can mean only one thing: it's time for a question of Lincoln. And, and just in the background, you can, or you can just make out the Siren FM choir, just just practicing. And it is, oh, oh yeah, I know who that is. That's the No Adults Allowed team. You can catch them Mondays to Fridays at three p.m. It's a huge collective of uh, of young people making radio for young people. Uh, and do click onto sirenonline.co.uk and listen again for their audio and, and podcast. 
Okay, question of Lincoln time now. And uh, while scoring system, we've really thrown the score system out of the window because, uh, uh, well, neither of us have gone back and found out the score from the last episode or the episode before that because we didn't know the episode uh, <laughs> the scores were last time. And actually, we're just playing for for fun, aren't we? Well, we're going to have to, I think. Aren't yeah. we? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, are you going to go first, Johnny? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Got a nice, uh, easy one for you this oh, week. Oh, good. Hmm. Um, recently, the southern section of uh, Lincoln Castle's walls were open to the public, meaning for, that for the first time, you can walk all the way around the castle walls. Mm-hmm. But my question is, <laughs> how long is a full circuit of the castle walls? <laughs> Great question. Well done. So is it A, 550 metres, <laughs> B, 625 metres, Okay. We'll see 700 metres. Your time starts now. Okay, well now, uh, 500 metres seems too short. 700 metres seems too exact. So I'm going to go for answer B, which is the 600 and whatever. You're right, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Before that, before the ding-a-ling went, <laughs> I, didn't could, even I, could see, seconds, yeah. I could see the frustration on your I face. I know, that's... Oh. <laughs> I thought I had a chance with that one. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a very good question. Mm. Very good question. Right, okay. Now then, my question to uh, Johnny Lee Hall. Still looking for Teddy Lee Hall. Johnny Lee Hall. Lincolnshire in Lincoln. No. Oh, man. Lincoln in Lincolnshire. Thanks, Johnny. Yep. Good producing. Lincoln in Lincolnshire is twinned with, and do you, know why, do you know why I'm stumbling? Because you know what I'm like at pronouncing, well, anything that's not from Lincolnshire. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Neustadt... And Weinstreib uh, in Germany, and I think you'll find that's fluent. Okay. Uh, it's also twin- twinned with Rodomsko in Poland, uh, Tangshan in China, and Port Lincoln in Australia. Now, I'm going to concentrate on Port Lincoln in Australia. Okay. My question, any, any Lincolnite should know, with their eyes closed and their hands tied behind their back, which Australian territory is Port Lincoln in? Is it A, New South Wales? B, Western Australia, or C, South Australia? Oh, um, I ain't got the faintest idea. Uh, is it a big place, Port Lincoln? I, I, uh, apparently. I oh, don't know. Um, <laughs> right, well, I'm going to go for... I can't even remember what the options were. I'm going to go for C. It's South Australia, that's right. Is it? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> wow. That's the, that's the way to do it. Forget the answers. And yeah, just yeah. Choose don't a letter at yeah, random. Yeah, I mean, that's it's clearly a, it's, the, the secret. It's a stab in the dice. which is why I did so well. I think in my GCSEs, Michael Gove would be uh, distraught if he <laughs> if he knew how I uh, passed my <laughs> got C's in sciences. Lincoln, A to Z. And uh, we're visiting our L5 Ermine West Grid. And uh, as you heard earlier in our visit, I found a great website called ermine-community.org.uk. Uh, and naturally, we'll put a link on uh, on our website for that and they very kindly put us in contact with Father Stephen Hoy from the St John the Baptist Church. Now admittedly um, this is based on Ermine East however as you'll hear uh, this man knows a lot about the community so I started by asking him about community spirit on the Ermine estate. There is quite a community spirit around and one of the problems we have on the Ermine is that we've never had any public funding really comparable to other estates in the city. So people have to get by themselves and create their, their own dreams, their own aspirations and that could be quite creative but it could also be quite frustrating as well because things come and they go, projects come and they go and there's lots of things which you'd like to see happen which, which don't sort of take root in the community, but I think there are some fantastic things going on uh, around the Ermine. Uh, one of the things that people don't often realise, it's actually 
two halves of one estate and they're quite different in the way in which they they feel and we're divided by um, Rice Home Road mm-hmm. right down the middle which is a, a huge dividing uh, line for the communities so we're probably talking about two or three communities that may actually make up the Ermine estate. I see on the way here tonight I've, I've driven through Ermine, Ermine West and it does feel differently but I can't put my finger on it. Well I think one of the things that you notice straight away is that on the east there are far more green spaces mm. and more obviously green spaces. In fact I think my feeling is that the, the streets on the, on the west are slightly narrower which makes that sort of slightly more closed in feel. And of course you've got one main road lots of roads off that. We're on the this side we've got one huge circular road, Lawton Way and everything coming off that so probably more a sense of space on this side of the estate. On the west one of the things you have is not so many community facilities. Uh, the community centre closed, the uh, Methodist church has recently closed for worship and they've got some uh, shops, you've got um, St Francis School, you've got um, Castle Academy. There aren't that many opportunities for communities to come together, to, to meet, to play, or all that sort of thing. Um, we have more of that on, on, on the east than they do on, on the west. So I think that is quite an issue uh, on that side of the estate. Earlier on you said uh, you know, the opportunities, the funding opportunities. Yeah. What would you like to see? Where, you know, if, 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 uh, if, if someone was, was to hand a big novelty cheque to us right now, where would you put the money on the airmine estate? I think we need to invest in, in, in people, particularly in young people, and getting stuff together for young people. People around here want a skate, skateboard park, you know, where they can go and actually just hang out with their friends in, in, in a safe place. OK, we've got lots of green areas, but there aren't those focused areas for people um, to gather in. Also, I think what we need are, are some just some really good community initiatives which will gather people in, create an energy on on the estate and give people pride in the place in which they live. They've got that, but they see lots of money going into other communities, and and we really need that. There used to be, um, before I came, very big Ermine Gala with the Ermine Marching Band, the Ermine Football Club and so on. That has all gone, and trying to get that back up and running on the estate has proved so far impossible. I mean, we had a... A relatively small fun day around the church uh, the other weekend, which was massively welcomed and wonderfully enjoyed. So to get that sense of let's get pride back in the community, I think is really what I, I would want to try for. Yeah, certainly. I mean, obviously there are tough times around at the minute and with funding yeah. being cut uh, elsewhere. It does say that's, that seems like a very much an, an uphill struggle. Yeah, very much so. We, we're here, actually, our local library may well be closed as part of council cuts as well, and that's a, a huge blow um, to a community like this. So in, in which case, the church has a, a very substantial role in bringing the community together. Really what our church is about, it, it was made by the community for the community back in the 1960s, and we see for ourselves very much as serving the community. So we look for opportunities in which we can help community development. So this is our 50th anniversary year and we were very fortunate in applying and getting um, some money from awards for all to set up the Ermine Community Choir, Ermine Voices, which started in January and is absolutely fantastic. You know, people just coming together who live on the Ermine, work on the Ermine or have some uh, connection with the Ermine to sing every week. And they had their first performance at the Waterside Centre, big banners saying, Ermine Voices, this is the voice of the Ermine Estate, it was fabulous. And that's carrying on right throughout the year and we're hoping to get funding um, for next year. Uh, and a lot of the work that we do, particularly I do on the estate, is making links. So 
we do a lot of work with schools, with um, Shore Start, with community groups, with the Women's Refuge and so on. And often what we find is we can put people in contact with one another and help them to find where it is they are together. Yeah, and I've seen I've seen the church's role uh, elsewhere in Lincolnshire. Um, early on in my life uh, at Siren FM, I did some farming reports, and I, I saw then how uh, the church was connecting people uh, mm. with, with with Lincolnshire farming organisations. Yeah, uh, and it, it's a, you know it's a really really very positive thing. So the the, the parish church of Saint John the Baptist, the, the, the building itself. Uh, which, which you very kindly showed me is, is, is a very striking building uh, from the outside and the inside mm. um, and, and do, do you know the history of why it was designed in, in, in the way mm. it was? Yeah, well, it's an extraordinary, extraordinary building. Um, it's unique, almost nationally. We're grade two star listed in the, the sort of uh, architectural annals of the country. So it's very high listing for a modern church. But no, when they uh, first came onto the estate, the church was in the church hall. It was a dance hall one night, a church the next night. But they decided that didn't really work. And so what they set out to do was to build uh, Lincoln's Church of Tomorrow. This was going to be the science fiction of churches, if you like. And um, Sam Scorer, who's a well-known local architect, was employed to design this. And he has this particular love for this shape of roof, which people, if they know the, the um, old little chef on the A1, that's a hyperbolic paraboloid. And that looks like a, a cowboy hat, and the roof sort of soars up at the, um, each side. Ours are like a saddle, so it fits over like a Pringle. And local kids call it the Pringle Church. You know, <laughs> if you want to find your way around... Uh, the 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 ermine. You say, well, go to the Pringle Church, turn left, turn right. So so it looks like a, a, a Pringle. Inside, you've got this astonishing uh, wall of stained glass, and it is just huge. A wall of stained glass, which really dominates everything. But you also get inside is a real deep sense of somewhere that's got peace. It's been prayed in, and, and so on. So they really wanted to push the boundaries of what church architecture was all about and that's what they did they put things in different places they made it light they made it vibrant they gave it lots and lots of color and they came up with this incredible building which you know 50 years on is still inverted commas too modern for a lot of people it's still a challenge but once you can crack the code if you like uh, you either respond to it very very positively or you do come to love it over a lot over time yeah, it was an instant hit for for me, especially as you walk in the door. Yeah. Uh, if you remember my reaction, it was just a one, yeah. wow, you know, really, wow, what a building. Well, it is, and we get lots of people travelling here just to see the church. We had a couple of architects um, from Madrid University a couple of years ago had come to Britain just to see this church. So internationally it's well known as well, which is, is brilliant. To, to think that people want to come onto the Ermine to see a tourist attraction, and this is what the Ermine has to to offer is absolutely great yeah and it, it kind of defies i think i think actually spending time on the ermine estate certainly the, when we walked around our grid on on, yeah. on ermine west it defies its reputation uh, when people you know said to us oh what what grid are you going to next where you're going oh we're off up the ermine oh right oh really you know that's that's yeah, the kind yeah. of reaction you get and Actually, I've not seen a, a lot of that. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure it's there yeah. in the pockets of, of, of every estate in Lincoln, even the so-called good ones. But uh, I think it does defy its reputation, don't you? Absolutely. I don't know why it's got reputation. When I first came to um, look at this job, I had to take my um, proof that I'd been ordained into the um, uh, local diocesan lawyers and handed this piece of paper to the secretary said, oh, so you're going to the Ermine, are you? And I thought, there's something here somebody hasn't told me. <laughs> but actually, 
it, it, it's great. It's a lovely community. People are wonderfully welcoming. And there's a lot of stuff going on, which is really good. Okay, you've got pockets where there are difficulties. We've got lots of difficult um, areas in this state where, you know, it could be better, frankly. But equally, we've got lots of wonderful people wanting to do great things for themselves and for the community. So our thanks to uh, Father Stephen Hoyle. We'll hear more from him later on in the programme. And uh, St John, the Baptist Parish Church org uk. We'll put a link on that uh, uh, from our website. And uh, as he said uh, earlier in that interview, it's uh, it's their fiftieth uh, anniversary. And uh, as so, they've uh, they've got a calendar out this year. And on February, uh, there's a picture of the Casuals. Now the Casuals were a local group. Um, the original members were guitarist John Tebb and Howard Newcomb, both from the Ermine Estate. And they were joined by John Fortune on drums, and uh, they won Opportunity Knocks three times and their biggest hit was this one Jezamine which reached number two in the UK charts in late 1968 Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. Uh, and now it's time for Trevor Davis from philosophertap.com with his take on our ermine grid. L5. You can get lost in Ermine West without too much difficulty. Actually, that is not true. I once took a wrong turning there and ended up nowhere. It was a mistake easily rectified, and nothing was really lost other than a minute of my time spent retracing my steps, or wheel rotations as it happened to be. The steps or wheel rotations rewound. I took a different turn and meandered my way from Rhizome Road to the road of Burton, whereupon I continued to the shops and the execution of my errand, which was so trivial I now struggle to remember its nature. There is nothing of further note to report. Lincoln A to Z dot co dot UK. Now, earlier in this edition of Lincoln A to Z, we spoke to Father Stephen Hoy from the St. John the Baptist Parish Church based on the Ermine Estate. Uh, and while we were there, I wanted to explore our differing faiths and I was intrigued as to Father Stephen's calling. It's very much a flick of the switch moment um, where I sort of got tapped on the shoulder and thought, oh gosh, right, that's what I've got to do. And then took it from there, really. Okay, and if you don't mind me asking, what what age was that at? Where did that... Oh, gosh, uh, that was about 25 years ago, so I would have been in my sort of late 30s. I see, I see. See, that's that's quite surprising to me, and I don't know why, because I would have thought, you know, you might have felt that earlier on, maybe. I I don't know, I don't know why I think that. Right, okay, (laughs) well, you know, God calls people at all times. It has to be the right time. Mm -hmm. It has to be the right time. That was clearly the right time for me. I see, and and so before that you'd had, you know, a strong faith, I assume? Um... I'd had sort of vague interest in, in faith issues. My wife had had a strong faith, and obviously the birth of our daughter around that time was very influential. Uh, it was just something I just suddenly got caught up with and uh, couldn't say no to. Right, I see. I'm not an atheist. Uh, I, I class myself as agnostic. Right, OK. Uh, which <clears throat> I, I'm really, really comfortable in, because it, 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 some would say it means I can't make my mind up. I think it leaves me uh, very open uh, to, yeah. to, to, to ideas. One of the things about... Um, faith is that there are all sorts of ways in which you can approach it and there are all sorts of ways in which suddenly you find yourself drawn in by something or on the other hand sort of reacting against something and from an agnostic point of view what you're opening yourself up to is both poles really 
that you, you it could be something you could be drawn into but also you've got very clear reasons as why why you might not uh, want to be part of, of of that from our point of view um you know, it's very much as long as people are open to the possibilities. Well, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, and if that's where you need to be, that's where you need to be. Yeah, yeah, I do. It's, it really suits my character that I wouldn't make my mind up about anything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. it, it really does. It really does. However, um, I, I, I did. You know, for a long time, I was I was thinking about uh, people always bring the science argument, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and they, you know, I've, I've heard this argued a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I heard a brilliant interview with uh, with a vicar on Radio Four, I think it was a, a while back, and he sort of said, "Well, I've not met a scientist today that can explain to me, in scientific terms, the concept yeah. of love." And yeah. and that made me, you know, that that, that opened up another yeah, door sure. for me and, and made me think a lot yeah, more. I, I trained to be a priest alongside a doctor of physics. Used to. Um, teach at Lancaster University and his view was always whatever questions science comes up with the answers for there is always another question to answer another question to answer yeah. and we, 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 we can explain the how but we can't always explain the why a much more trivial question, uh, although it's something I'm, I'm quite intrigued in. Uh, if you're walking around and maybe you, you remove uh, the dog collar for, oh, for, for yeah. whatever reason, yeah. does that make a huge difference? You know, because it, I, I always find that maybe the, if you're walking a dog or walking with a child, people will always say hello to you. If I'm walking down the street on my own, yeah. nothing. And do you, do you get the do you get the same thing? Do you you know do you notice a difference like putting the putting the uniform on? Well, uh, I wear my, my my uniform, my collar um, whenever I'm working. I have a day off a week. Um, and the thing for me is difficult to remember that I haven't got my collar on. So I might be saying hello to people and they're thinking, who's that? <laughs> With my collar on, they'll probably recognise me. I'll think, oh yeah, that's part of the church, that's all right. So I have to sometimes remember that I'm, I'm in a different mode on my day off, yeah. I'd like to think about the, your day-to-day -day activity. Unlike, a, unlike a, say, a nine-to-five uh, position, mm -hmm. um, what time do you clock in of a morning? <laughs> oh, right, OK. <laughs> well, I have no fixed hours. Uh, um, uh, I can work every hour God sends, or, or, or fewer than that. But a, a, a daily routine, um, we normally do the morning prayer at eight o'clock. Um, we normally do evening prayer at six and night prayer uh, at nine. So that gives us a structure um, for the day. Um, and may have a couple of services to do in a day, may have people to visit in hospital or in their own home. Tomorrow morning I'll be doing services in all the old people's homes, for example. Um, I may well be, because I'm uh, Chair of Governors at the local school, involved with meetings um, there. I may be seeing people about their prayer life. I might be just wandering around the streets talking um, to folk. It really does depend on, on the day. and But every day is different. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the key to it. And you open yourself up to what the possibilities of that, that day are. And yes, my diary is pretty full most of the time. But the priority is always the people. Yeah. Whatever you've got on, if somebody's in need, you go go there. And I think one of the key things about being a priest is that I live in the community I serve. Now, not many professionals can say that. Yeah. So I'm always available to, to local people. People knock on my door 24 hours a, a day, and they do. Or they could ring me 24 hours a day, and they, <laughs> they do. Uh, and, and that's great, to actually be part of the story of these the, the people here and not be somebody who's sort of jetted in from somewhere else, who spends a few hours on this set and then goes off somewhere else. I share the story. I share the, the joys and the sorrows and, and the, the difficulties that this community faces, and that's really important. 
for me. To come to the, sort of the content, perhaps uh, uh, the sermons, maybe. Can, can you remember back to your your first sermon, writing it, and and, yeah. and, and sort of were you nervous? Were you? you know, yeah. Do you still get nervous? Um, yes, yes, and no. Um, I tend to get nervous if I'm not very well prepared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a joy. It really is a joy to 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 preach and and, and to offer something of what God gives you through the, through the week to offer to people. When we're preaching, it's got to come out of the, the experience that we all share. And so you're looking round for for stories that's happening to you, things that happen in the local community, and, and just making connections with God um, with those. But yeah, the first sermon you do, it's it's, it's a nightmare. It, it really <laughs> is. Uh, I remember it very well. Really, really nervous. But okay, people were very kind, uh, and it went okay. Um, and that was more over twenty years ago now. So I'm. I'm Getting a bit of practice at it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're looking to, to to stay here for for the for the foreseeable. I mean, is it you don't get a moved around or anything like that? You know, on a, on a transfer deal like a football. <laughs> not not in the particular job I'm in. No, I mean, there may come a time when I, I retire or we move away. But you know, who knows when that is? There's no immediate plans um, for that. There's still a lot of work to do uh, on this date. And our thanks there to uh, Father Stephen Hoy. Really appreciate uh, his, his his time and effort, uh, and also the energy he puts in uh, to to the community. There, I mean, uh, you know, a, a good vicar on an estate like that uh, is, is worth its weight in gold, and uh, in such a fantastic church as well. Don't you agree, Johnny? I do. Yeah. I mean, when when I was growing up on Brant Road back in the the eighties, we had a, an excellent vicar who was really kind of energetic and uh, mm. you know really enthusiastic. And he organised all sorts of events and got all sorts of different people involved, you know, the kind of groups of youths that would normally be hanging around in hoodies, he got them involved. And, yeah, even if you weren't vaguely religious, which which my family weren't, um, we all got involved in all these events and it made a huge difference to the whole area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, huge thanks to him. And what I really enjoyed was actually some, something that not a lot of people see. When uh, when we had the correspondence just between ourselves setting the interview up, uh, at the bottom uh, of his email, not kind regards, not yours sincerely, it's every blessing and there's only i suppose a priest that can that can put that on the bottom i thought about doing it myself but (laughs) perhaps not uh okay now uh, another thing that while we're walking around uh, our l5 grid on the ermine estate uh, we're in search on every grid we go to for an object to put into our exhibition uh, at the collection in december uh, 2014 which is uh, is ever looming ever looming and uh, the one thing we found now we haven't got any audio for this uh, but the one thing we found uh uh, just sort of kicking back now do you remember actually johnny there were two things we found uh and one thing because we're not Damon Hurst or Damien Hurst uh, we, we didn't pick up which was that chicken there was a whole yeah, <laughs> entire cooked chicken entire yeah. cooked chicken uh, which we, we debated over a long time and uh, one, one thing we had a full day ahead of us didn't we and, and neither of us wanted to put it in our rucksacks no, no. <laughs> so uh, the next thing we found um, was a scratch card which I, I think sort of shows the um, the ambition maybe of people uh, or I thought this at the time and actually thinking more about it now I'm not exactly sure uh, but I think it represented to me the the, the ambition or, or the trying trying to escape uh, certainly from not just the Ermine estate perhaps but but maybe maybe from from Lincoln uh, it wasn't a winner <laughs> uh, so we, we didn't find a, a winning scratch card on the floor but that scratch card uh, will be on display <laughs> in the collection uh, because you, you'll never have seen one quite like this one um, and we've got something special lined up for our A to Z projects. Uh, Johnny doesn't know what it is yet, but I'm uh, I'm very excited, uh, very excited by it. Lincoln A to Z. Thanks for listening to the Lincoln A to Z podcast. Do you know anything about this or any of our other 52 grids? If so, we'd love to hear from you. 
lincolnatoz.co.uk has all the information and contact details you'll need. And don't forget the live Lincoln A to Z show is on Siren FM Monday nights from 9. <laughs>